You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and I'm your host today, Landon McCool. Uh, Mark is still on uh, his lovely honeymoon. Hopefully he's uh, hearing this and enjoying it. Um, we are... So, so close. And, and part of the reason that Marcus obviously planned this very well is that this we are so very close to the onslaught of information, the uh, fire hose, as the uh, the great uh, podcasters over at footballguys.com uh, refer to it, uh, the information overload of, of training camp. And I'm going to be part of that. I, I will be venturing out to training camp for uh, several different points uh, to kind of just keep track of how things are going, progression. We're going to have a lot of great content for training camp. Um, we've got uh, myself going out there. Uh, I know that uh, Rabble Rouser Sean Kirshner will be out there as well, so I'll definitely try to get another pod in uh, with him. Um, you know, we, John Owning's going to be out there this year. And beyond the fact that it's also just going to be a fantastic year for training camp, I think everyone is just very – there's an energy going into camp that uh, – that feels like it's been missing, or maybe it hasn't been missing, but there's a there's a buzz. I feel like that's that's growing, uh, and and going into camp in a way that I don't know that I've experienced in a while. This is a very talented team, uh, and they've got they've got aspirations for 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 great things. So I think that obviously this is the time of year where hope reigns eternal. Uh, but I, I am excited very much about training camp and about what you know discovering what we've got and. All those good things. So, um, I, I think that uh, one of the things I wanted to do before we got into our official training camp coverage is kind of just tie up loose ends a little bit on uh, our coverage of the off season, our coverage of the roster, etc. And uh, you know what I did is I, just, I did a little exercise where I went through the Cowboys roster and I tried to pick out and I ended up picking out two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I think eight guys, if I'm counting this right, um, that I don't know that I've or Marcus and I have discussed almost at all. So uh, you know, just to kind of make. Yeah, try to get our words on every single player, or at least most every single player. Obviously, you know, there's going to be some last-minute signings. There's going to be some roster movements. The Cowboys signed a quarterback today. I haven't had a chance to look at him very much, so I'm not going to include him here. But these are guys who have either been with the team for a while. I think most of these guys have been with the team uh, at least uh, the whole off season, with the exception of maybe one of these guys, uh, and, and these are kind of down roster guys who, you know, most of these guys likely will not make the team, um, but one or two of them might surprise you, and if they do, you'll you'll have heard of their names, and, and we've discussed them here first. So I broke them down by position. Let's just kind of get into these guys uh, first. I, I have two offensive linemen, and let's start there. Uh, one of the guys is Adam Redman. Uh, you know, he is the second-year player out of Harvard. He's 26 years old. He's 6'6", 300 pounds. Um, 
you know, he actually saw some time in the regular season, uh, you know, a couple different games, which was which was, you know, great to to get, see him get some experience. He got some experience playing last year for the Colts uh, in 2017. He, he played four games, so he played ten games for the Cowboys. Um, just you know, a guy who uh, you know, when he came in in training camp. Uh, I don't know that there's a lot expected of him, uh, but really kind of just showed out and showed that he belonged. And um, not, you know, not not he's not going to take the world by storm. And I think that the fact that the Cowboys have an incredibly deep roster at this point, especially at offensive line, is going to make his chances of making the team um, a, a very difficult. But I think he is a, a good younger player uh, who I think is developing. Uh, and I do think that if he doesn't make it here, I think he will compete for a job on another team. Um, but, he, I, I, you know, look, I mean, if he could be a guy that if he takes another step or two, um, he could be a guy that's competing for, for creating a spot because he's so good or, or potentially maybe a guy that you can flip for something. Because offensive linemen are so valuable. and The uh, teams are going to be coming to the Cowboys looking for their extra offensive linemen. Uh, Redmond would be a guy that if I was a team – Approaching the Cowboys, looking for offensive line depth, red, especially interior offensive line depth. Redmond would be the, one of the guys that I would come to because I, I do think that he's got some good tape out there. He's he's got solid technique. Um, I, I think he's just a guy who you know, with a, another year of seasoning, could be a guy that you would feel comfortable plugging into a game uh, if if a starter got hurt, maybe even developing into a starter for, for a team that is uh, really shorthanded at guard. Um, Next to him, uh, probably on that third offensive line, I would think, is uh, Jake Campos. And Jake uh, is a first-year player out of Iowa State, 6'7", 3'10". Yeah, he's number six. By the way, I'm giving these guys numbers, so if you guys are at camp, Adam Redmond's at 61. 61. Jake Campos is number 63. Uh, let me just get, <laughs> Most of these guys that are on the line, in fact, all three of these guys, now that I'm looking at it, that are offensive or defensive linemen all have the number 60. And that's not uh, – recently, <laughs> recency would tell you that that's, that's not the best number to have because not too many guys with the number 60s make the team. And, and when they do make the team, it's surprising. So, uh, you know, the fact that Redmond's 61 and Jay Campbell's is 63 and then our next guy is a 60s guy who's a defensive lineman doesn't necessarily bode well for their chances of making the team. But – Campbell's is another guy who came in, you know, with all the other people that were kind of playing, uh, that they were looking at a, a tackle um, for down roster. Campos was one of the guys who, you know, really kind of consistently just showed up and was, was, you know, not, you know, he really improved as training camp was going on. And, and you could kind of see that improvement happening. Uh, he's also a guy who I think, you know, but, but I think he has a little bit, maybe a little bit better chance uh, than Redmond, just because he is coming in as a as a tackle, you know, and I think the the hope is that maybe you can develop this guy into a swing tackle someday, you know, and, may, and could, could he be better than Cam Fleming after another year in the in the uh, off season camp? I don't know. I mean, I, I think that that's that's what you're hoping to find out. But Campos is a guy who would be vying probably for that fourth or fifth offensive tackle spot. Um, and I think you know the question is like how much better did he get last year uh, while he you know was kind of wasting. I think he, he spent most of the last season on the on the uh, 
on the practice squad, and I know that's probably terrible radio for me to not know off the top of my head immediately. But I, I, I you know, I do know that what I saw at training camp was a guy who, um, he re- he really was not one of the one of the tackles that I was expecting to kind of, uh, you know, catch my eye. I feel like really, uh, yeah. Developed a, a, a lot, at, you know, just kind of in front of your eyes at training camp, and then kind of caught up to a di- of the that group of tackles above him, and then suddenly he was that guy that was in that you know next rung of offensive linemen that was kind of the the guy that you were waiting to take the next step. He, he, I just checked it out. Yes, he he is was on the Cowboys practice squad just to confirm. So I, I think that this you know a, a year on the practice squad, it'll be interesting to see how much this guy has developed. This is a guy that you know. These are the kind of guys that when they show up at camp and, and pop, uh, uh, you know, you shouldn't be surprised because they they spent a lot of time with the team. You know, the, for a lot of these guys, just getting the opportunity to work out all day and be a professional football player, meaning your whole focus is on football and not on, on uh, you know, school or, or, or getting to class or all that, that can really make a difference. Uh, and th- and these guys' skill sets and these guys' uh, bodies as well. So it'll be interesting to see what what we get out of a, a Jake Campos and an Adam, Adam Redmond this year. Um, moving to the defensive side of the ball, it's funny because we've spoken so much about the defensive line. There weren't a lot of guys that uh, that there were there to discuss. Um, you know that 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 really hadn't been spoken to death. But there was one guy that I thought that was. Um, an interesting uh, uh, defensive lineman who came actually from the AAF, and his name is Shakir Soto. Uh, I actually was turned on to Soto because I I was one of those crazy people who was watching some of those AAF uh, games, and I just kind of decided to choose the San Diego Fleet as my team to watch. And Shakir Soto uh, had a great year for them uh, last year. I mean, what I mean. <laughs> as well as anyone did, he's one of the better players in the AAF at, at defensive. Probably one of the better defensive players in, in the entire league. Um, you know, he ended up with four sacks and five tackles for a loss. Uh, I think another six QB hits. He was a defensive tackle type when he came into camp for the Cowboys, an under tackle, a nose tackle type. He's like six one two ninety. Um, you know, and, and I think he. Uh, he was a guy that uh, he can come in and, and he's really up against the wall because of the depth. You know, I think there's just a, a large number of players at the position, but I think he was a guy who has some talent. He's still young. You know, he he kind of he had a cup of coffee in the in the NFL early on. He spent uh, 2018 in camp with Denver and you know and some time on the Raiders practice squad. Um, so you know, maybe this AAF opportunity will give him one more shot at this and maybe that one more shot will turn into something uh but i think for the cowboys uh it's just another young under tackle type who maybe can have some flexibility to move around a little bit uh he's going to be going you know against the daniel wises and and the the ricky wagner's of of the of the team so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out but uh, you know he was a guy who um is went to school at Pittsburgh. He he's kind of right in that size that you want for uh, an under tackle six three two ninety ish. Um, 
Number 67, again, going to the 60s numbers not being a, a good <laughs> a good sign for, for whether or not you're going to make the team. But, you, you know, if you have the talent, you can over, obviously overcome that. It's just they're not handing out the 60 numbers to uh, the guys that they think they're going to make the roster, I don't think. Um, let's move on uh, to a guy who I think some people are going to be surprised to see me uh, put – out here, uh, and that's Darius Jackson. The, fu- the funny thing is that I have spoken a lot about Darius Jackson at different points <laughs> in his career, but he, it feels like he has kind of gone unnoticed here. I mean, you got two running, rookie running backs that were drafted this year, and then obviously Zeke Elliott. Darius Jackson is, is very much kind of the forgotten guy. I'm actually more bullish on Darius Jackson than I have been previously. I, I've been the, one, the guy who in years past have been telling everyone that they were crazy for their insane and I think it was kind of over the top insane love for Darius Jackson people got were really really upset when the Cowboys let him go mid-season to to get a, a sign somebody who I, I don't even remember who it was but it was something that they needed you know to fill a roster to to play a game that week and you know ever since then people uh, people went nuts well anyways long story short he goes off to Cleveland gets hurt uh, tears an ACL, gets cut by Cleveland. The Cowboys re-sign him. He still, it feels like, was not 100% last year recovering from that ACL. He's all the way back now. Um, you know, has a lot of competition ahead of him with two rookies that, that came in, um, that one of which is being heralded quite a bit, and the other one who is, you know, a, a, a high pedigree guy. I mean, even though he was not a, a high draft pick, you know, Mike Weber comes from Ohio State. I think that they have a lot of thoughts that 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 they ranked him higher than where they picked him. So, you know, Jackson's a guy who is kind of, if he's not against the wall, he's definitely got a steep hill ahead of him. Sorry, I had to get a sip of coffee. Um, the solo podcasts are killer, man. Um, uh, you know, and I think that the part of the thing with Darius is that he is athletically gifted in a way that that even Pollard isn't necessarily. I think Pollard probably is more of a speed merchant and more of a loose player. But I think as far as like complete athleticism package, Darius Jackson is uh, an elite two sigma athlete, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, he was he's very 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 athletic. So. The question is, can, you know, can he pull all that together? I actually think that he could be a dark horse to come in because he has experience, because he has athleticism. He can make plays, I think, with the ball in his hand. I, I think it'll be interesting to see exactly what we get out of Darius Jackson this year now that he's fully healthy, now that he's fully understands what he's doing and is a pro now. Uh, it'll be interesting to see exactly what we get out of him. So uh, don't be surprised if he's out there pushing for Mike Weber's job. Uh, next up, a tight end, a guy that I don't feel like we've spoken about at all. Uh, you know, in, in we may have kind of talked about him when he got signed initially, but that's Cody McElroy. Um, he is a, t- a tight end who went, you know, undrafted tight end. Um, he's he's a guy who I think the Cowboys signed. When they realize that that Rico may not may or may not be in the cards, I, I, I that's kind of how I always got the impression, uh, uh, you know, that he 
came in, you know, as a flyer. I mean, he's he's very much in the same mold of Rico because he's this guy who is a former baseball player. So he's he's you know he's a guy who's making the transition back from another uh, from another sport. Um, and I think that uh, you know you you don't usually have multiples of those players, especially at the same position. So when he got signed, it really did feel like. Oh, okay. Uh, maybe this is a guy who uh, who is here to kind of take that developmental job from Rico. Um, it, it's interesting. Cause he's, he's a big guy. He's he's from all everything we've heard. He's athletic. He's six six two fifty eight. He must have been at Oklahoma. He was at Oklahoma State. He must have been there at the same time as Blake Jarwin, which is interesting. Um, but yeah, I think he's a guy who is likely to be a, a practice squad player as well. Down, you know, like you said, he's down roster. He's still kind of learning the game. Um, the question is, where does he play in? Where is he in relation to like Rico, and where is his game developed in in relation to, uh, um, you know, where where Rico's game is? I mean, I mean, he's been playing three years of, of professional baseball, and, and then went back to Oklahoma State. To, to graduate, then then came football, um, and that's 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 a lot of uh, you know, moving around. I think, uh, but I I think when you have a, a a level of athleticism, when you can figure out the position, it takes development, it takes time. Um, so I don't know that I would expect a lot immediately, but if you have the athleticism to do the job, he's got the body. Um, I think he just needs to kind of hit you know, a good goal for him again would be the practice squad. Work hard, get onto the practice squad. If, if I mean, if he made the roster, that that would be beyond uh, a, a huge home run for this player. I, I just don't know that that's that's in the cards this early in, in, in a developmental career. Um, but we'll see. I, you know, I think it's it's uh, it's he's a guy that it's like Rico. It's he's going to be a guy where. You're going to come into training camp and just not really have a good feel for exactly what kind of what his skill set is. Maybe you get pleasantly surprised. Uh, maybe it's exactly uh, the way you think it is, and uh, he's a guy who's going to need another year or two to develop, uh, like Rico did. Um, cornerback, uh, there's a guy named C.J. Goodwin who we just don't talk about very often, but he's a special teams ace, big guy, six three, like two hundred pounds. Um, you know, and, and he's a guy who could make the roster just because he is such a special teams demon. Um, but, you know, I, I just feel like it, he's not – there's not a lot of pub on him, especially compared to some of these younger guys. Now, he, he, he will definitely be a casualty if you can get one of these younger defensive backs to show you something and then also to be a good special teams player. Uh, I, I think that, you know, that's likely – uh, he will be one of the likely cuts, but if not, if none of these guys show up or they're not ready, Goodwin is definitely a guy that you would like to kind of fill out the bottom of your roster because I think, first of all, special teams just alone, and second, I think he can do some things for you covering some tight ends. He's a big guy, uh, I think, he and he's shown that he can do some things on the field as a defender used situationally, um, and so I think that. Goodwin is a guy who just to keep in your the name in your back pocket. Don't be totally surprised if his name shows up on a fifty three man roster and you're like, who is CJ Goodwin? Final two guys, two safeties. Jameel Showers. You know we don't talk about Jameel because 
I, I don't know that anyone ever really believes that his safety play is ever going to get to the level where it's going to have an effect on the field, uh, which is a shame because I think you know they really clearly like Jamil Showers. And I don't know if, if for Showers it's one of those things where he's just happy to be being paid to, be, to play football. Um, and that's why he's willing to kind of trade, you know, swap positions back and forth from quarterback to safety. I mean, I don't know. I never saw anything at safety that was as good as what I saw him at as him at, as a quarterback. So, I mean, I understand that they, you know, had to they had to kind of move him around to keep him on the team. But I almost feel like he should go back to quarterback. To be honest. Um, I, I would love to see Jameel Showers take a step and be a guy this year, if that's possible. I just don't know that that's in the cards for him. Um, it'll be interesting to see what we get out of him. I, this is his last year of eligibility, or this last season was his last uh, season of eligibility for practice squad. So this is his last training camp with the Cowboys, um, unless he makes the, the roster. So it, it's now or never for Jameel Showers. Um, I wish him the best because I think he you know, seems like a pretty great guy. I've watched the interviews. He just seems like a guy who puts his head down, works hard, uh, doesn't really care where they put him, and then just uh, is happy to be out there playing. So, uh, you know, kudos to him on, on all the, you know, success staying on the team. It'll be interesting to see how this finally susses out this uh, ultimate training camp without the, the net of uh, the practice squad underneath him this year. Last guy I want to talk about is Darian Thompson. Uh, Darian Thompson's actually been on the team for uh, you know, uh, the whole season last year. He just came in through training camp. Just you know, he, he played in ten games. Didn't you know record a single stat if, as well as far as I know. Um, but I think you know he's a guy who is a reserve safety. He's still extremely young. He's twenty five years old. He's a bigger safety, 6'2", 211. You know, he played with the Giants um, from 2016 and 2017. He was a 16-game starter for the Giants in, in 2017. Um, so he has a lot of experience there, but we've never really seen him get anywhere close to sniffing the starting lineup or even become a factor in any kind of depth chart battle. He's never pushed uh, uh, Frazier or... Um, or Heath, uh, it, it feels like you know it's the those it's been those three guys and then kind of everybody else behind them. So I don't know if this is a year where Thompson makes a move or if this is just not in the cards for him. Um, but I, we wanted to bring it up because he's been on the team. They've kept him around throughout the whole season through the training camp, uh, and he still is young. He's tw- like I said, twenty five. So is there an opportunity that for him to you know, get in there and, and, and maybe get some playing time. Uh, it's going to be tough with Iloka and Wilson and, and all the others, and, and obviously Frazier himself. I think it's there's a lot of competition already, and then he got us even more. So um, uh, it's going to be a difficult uphill battle for Thompson. Um, I think practice squad would be a good uh, option for him if, if he has practice squad eligibility. Um, otherwise, he, he might be looking for a new team uh, by the end of the summer. That's it, guys. And basically, I think that is it for our off-season coverage that doesn't include training camp. Because starting next Monday, uh, five days from today, four days from today, if you're hearing this on, let's say, Thursday, we're going to be at training camp. Um, and, and even sooner than that, they're, you know, they're going to be leaving to fly out to Oxnard 
in the next few days. So it's it's here. We made it. Uh, congratulations to y'all. Congratulations to me because I am done with the off-season runaround. I am ready to get into some information, trying to, ready to, to look at some football or, or at least a close facsimile too. So keep it keep it tuned here. Make sure you're you're subscribed to the Cowboy uh, Locked On Cowboys podcast. Make sure you're checking out all the other Locked On NFL podcasts. They're all fantastic, and all the other Locked On podcast network shows. If you're interested in the NBA or MLB or college football, whatever, we got you covered. Uh, and until next time, happy trails, everybody. Mm-hmm.